Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it! And welcome back to another episode of Two Slips and a Gully. It's the Aaron's again. How are you, Aaron? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you going? I'm pretty good. Pretty excited. I am ready and raring to go. So, uh, got a got a quick one. I reckon this one. There's been there's been a bit happening, but not anything that's finished. We've got the IPL going on, which we'll let no. that simmer away. We've got um, county cricket going on. We'll let it simmer away. And so it's just a bit of a bit yeah, of a lull period. It's all building yeah, to a very big, busy back end of the year. We we've got a, a heavy workload coming our way later on in in this year. It'd be good just to sit, just have a just yeah, a friendly chat. We're just going to sit around and have a bit of a friendly chat. I mean, we've just spent twenty five minutes having a friendly chat about our cricket, local cricket. our local cricket. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's always something to talk about in cricket. Um, interesting talking points coming from England at this point. Oh, isn't there always interesting points um, coming from England? Yeah, it's like really. There's a, there's a part of me that, that is going, they've seen what the Indians done to our heads and they're playing mind games with us. Maybe. But then I don't think Ben Stokes is that smart. Oh, I don't know. I think he's pretty savvy. And if he's not, McCullum is. Yeah, I, I don't know that they would have that in mind. I think they're more boosting their own stocks. Going to the boys, oh, you know, we'll bring the boundaries in an extra 10 metres for you and that means all your miss hits will go carrying for six off Hazelwood and Stark because they won't be able to bowl see, short see, to you. I don't think that if I'm if I'm a cricketer worth my, my salt, I don't think that that does boost my stock. I don't feel better about that going, I know we'll do. Let's just bring the boundaries in. We'll hit on bloody junior grade. You know, 60 metres, I think, is the minimum that yeah. you need for it to be an official boundary for the ICC rules. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, they're talk- they're out there talking about you know hard flat wickets um, and then bringing the boundaries in and all this sort of stuff. And I don't know necessarily that does pump them up. Like you're saying to me that we're not good enough to beat the Aussies unless we play these games. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think isn't it's it? a bit of a double edged sword. Like obviously you're right. There's this talk that they're going to be pulling all these shenanigans and around to unsettle the Aussies. But, you know, if they actually go through and do that sort of stuff and they go and make shorter boundaries and they have these flat wickets and all that, so what that says, especially if I'm a bowler, an English bowler, is that, you know, despite the fact that we've given the Aussies all they can handle every tour they come over here, you know, we haven't won over here since 2001. Um, Anderson and Broad playing a large part in the seeming conditions. We're going to outgun them by just having roads and short boundaries because we don't think the bowlers are good enough to get these Aussie blo- like. Yeah. And then as a batsman, I'm like, well, I don't need a tiny boundary to hit these guys. But you, it, I don't know. It just what it says to me if they were confident in their own ability, in their own ability to win against Australia, we wouldn't be hearing anything about stacking the deck. Yeah, that's the thing I find interesting that, and it's been so 
so outward from Stokes. You know, this is what I've gone to the groundsman and I said, you know, look, I want really hard. Yeah, it's not like McGrath gets. saying Australia's going to win 5 0. No. It's not like a tongue in cheek. This is a targeted, this is what we want, this is how we want to play it. Yeah. And it's just like, if you guys really are as good as you think you are, then why? What, what is the point of having. You have the home ground advantage anyway. You, you're going to have a and, multitude and, of, of bowling options. We have been called, from. like, Australia gets referred to as flat track bullies all the time. Like, David Warner has an obscene record in Australia, and it's non existent um, overseas. Kawaja was very much the same until his renaissance in the Ashes last year. He had a lot of criticism around how he played all around the world, but he was. Like, there was an argument for Kawaja at one point. Don't worry about his away record. He obviously plays for Australia. Look at his average in Australia. Like, it was just, uh, we know that he's crap. But look at his, and that was his argument for being in the side every other home summer. Travis Head has only just recently put any away credentials on his name in the last sort of 12 months sort of thing. He was another player. So by making hard, flat wickets with short boundaries, I feel that you're playing into the strength that, Australia doesn't normally have when it goes to England, which is it's batting. It's usually just we hope that Steve Smith does something and everyone else does enough to make it a competitive total. But if you're going to be putting out hard, flat wickets, that could be steering straight into Dave Warner to actually have the the, uh, The, the series that he wants. Yeah, I think they're banking on the the atmospheric conditions, the the swing and and that type of thing that's going to be an issue for it. But... The thing about England is, yes, the ball will swing around and it will seam around, but you need to be able to combine the two. Yeah. Okay, it's no good swinging the ball, you know, two foot away from the batsman's edge. I mean, it looks very pretty and everything on TV, but it doesn't do much for you as a Well, that's bowler. part of what makes Anderson a great bowler is that you know he can move it both ways. Yeah. Um, and I think what we need to do as well is I really hope that the international media calls it out for what it is because India, quite rightly, get drag from pillar to post every time they pull these shenanigans with their yeah. with their pitches and doctor them to suit their own needs. And England are doing this. This yeah. is what England are doing. Not only are they doctoring their pitches, they're talking about doctoring their grounds. Yeah. And and, and changing the, the, the playing area to better suit their needs. And that's it's 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 dishonorable. It yeah. is dishonorable. And, it's, um, it's and they need in... to be getting dragged as much as India. India deservedly gets criticised for the way they go about their, their home defences. Yeah. And... They seem to think it's fair enough, though. There seems to be this attitude, and like, I'm, I'm obviously on a lot of English cricket websites and the, the Barmy Army website, and they all, they're all for it. They think, oh, yeah, this is our home ground advantage. Well, actually, no, it's not your home ground advantage. You're going to go and turn... English wickets that have always traditionally favoured your bowlers into hard, flat wickets to for a country that is bred on hard, flat wickets. It's a dangerous ploy. It really, really is. The grounds I don't care about. You know, these days miss hits go for six anyway. It's you want you want to set it up so that these are going well, to be rows. The grounds bother me because it's. I don't know. I, I, I'm. Well, we've talked about this before when we've, when we've uh, discussed India's pitch doctoring tactics. Is mm. as an Australian, I've been brought up that doesn't matter what happens when you go to the Gabba, it'll do this. When you go to the Wacker, it'll do this. When you go to Sydney or Melbourne, it'll do or Adelaide, it'll do its thing. Each mm. ground has its own personality. It's got its own strengths that you need to have. It's got its own characteristics, and we've have had that the entire time that I've been alive, and well before that. And it it galls me when I see countries not doing it that way. Whether or not our way is the right way or the wrong way is immaterial. I always get my nose up at that because I always find that it's probably the most honourable way to play your cricket. As a touring team, you're coming over, you know you're playing a game at the Wacker, at the Gabba and then Adelaide is you're going to have two hard, fast, like really fast, quick decks and then Adelaide's going to be one where you should be able to, if you get in, you'll score some runs that'll break up late. Well, nowadays it's the pink ball test, but yeah. years gone by, um, you scored a lot of runs and it broke up on day four and five. But you knew what you were getting. And what happened doesn't matter if we were playing the West Indies or we are playing India or we are playing England, that's what you were getting. If the West Indies were going to carve us up at the Wacker, we didn't, happened. if we didn't turn the Wacker into a dust bowl because... Curly Ambrose and, and Courtney Walsh were carving us into little bits. 
like there was at the same point. I know I've made it, but there was a game when we lost at the MCG. Well, last week at partnership, we didn't get it. We got that one. We won the um, Frank Worrell Trophy. In uh, West Indies got over the line, draw the, drew the series at one, and they walked out of that going, Phew, we've uh, we've won the Frank Worrell because the next game's at Perth and we'll kill the Aussies at Perth, and they did. But there was never any inclination at any point in our history to alter our our wickets because of the opposition that's coming or to play to different strengths. You know, okay, okay, so Shane Warne's gone or Shane Warne's here, so let's make everything a dust bowl. No, 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 we don't do that here. And I just it annoys me that not only now is England talking about changing the wickets, but we're also changing the grounds. That yeah, it just it the attitude of that infuriates me and it infuriates me because England are the one of the one the first ones to jump up and down when India do it mm-hmm. and I agree with that I don't think India should be allowed to do it I think the whole idea of of altering pitches to deliberately disadvantage your opposition isn't sporting mm. and now England who are one of the first people to jump up and down about doing it are now actively doing it and taking it to you'd argue a next level. So this while is you're the while first you're time with the Poms though. See, I mean, there's been a couple of times in their recent history where they've. I mean, there, were, there was a game at the Oval, yeah, which is their version of Perth, basically. And Graham they, Swan they, carved Graham us up. Graham Swan carved us up. They yeah. turned like it was turning on day two. That was 2009. We needed yeah. to so win the, that to get the yeah. to retain the Ashes. There's a history there. No draw. We needed to draw that to yeah. retain the Ashes. There's lost. a history. There there of them being prepared to do things like this. And it just, and it, just it gets up my nose because it's just, it's, you know, say what you like. I mean, the Steve War era, we were seen as cricket's villains because we didn't say nice things about our opponents on the field and we played hard and we played tough. But, you know, I feel that most of the time, even if we were being the bad guys, we were being the bad guys honourably. Like, we didn't stoop to levels that, you know, we might have taken sledging too far. Yeah. we Well, we absolutely took sledging too far. Like, let's, let's look it around. We, 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 verbally, we were the bad guys. We were antagonistic. We were mean. We were, un, like, unnecessarily over the top. But we we didn't do things underhandedly. No. And I feel that, you know, pitch preparation, deliberate pitch preparation to disadvantage a particular team is underhanded, and uh, Australia simply just doesn't do that. We we have particular conditions, and we pick players to excel in those conditions, but we don't change those conditions because of our opponents. No, um, like we'll like if we're going up against a team that we know is bad against a short ball, we'll hope to take them to the Gabba, but we won't turn Sydney into a quick wicket sort of thing. Like, and that's how we've always done things. And it's just yeah, it it, it, it irked me that. Um, because England for a while, like, I always had the opinion that for the last maybe 10 years or so, England probably had the most sporting wickets in the world. Yeah. Um, again, look, I, I watch a fair bit of English cricket. And to me, a, a typical English wicket has a bit in it in the first couple of days, flattens out to be a reasonably good wicket on the third day. And then if you're a half-decent bowl in your tack, there's something there for you in the last two days. And that is a, just a generalisation of how most English wickets are around the country. But Obviously, they, 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 never become, they never become true turners, which is why England struggles to find exactly. test match spinners. But they do deteriorate. Yes. Uh, they probably don't deteriorate enough that you, you know, expect it to be pro spinners. But the you, you're never really going to get that in England because it's so wet and so green. But you no. can see that over the last few years that a lot of English wickets have gone that route. No. Green early, bat in the middle, more friendly than normal yeah. for spin. And, and they've done that fairly consistently. I mean, it yeah. hasn't been rocket science. It hasn't been, like, there have been no. some tennis courts out there. There have been yeah. some flat ones. But in well, general, yeah. they it, it's tried to accommodate all three skill sets yeah. Which is, better than most countries in the world do. And, yeah, and, that, and that's to their credit. I mean, however, when... They do have a history of this. Like I said, you know, 2009, um, the Oval. And, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I think they did something very similar against um, South Africa. They did it against India the following tour. The following summer, I think it was, they had a tour, maybe not the following one, but very near, close yeah, to that, they had a tour against India. Yeah. And you couldn't tell the, the week, like, you couldn't yeah. see the square. The it square looked like was, a tennis court yeah. at Wimbledon. Uh, Miralee yeah. Vijay, I remember having an absolute phenomenal knock 
um, batted for eight. I think he only ended up with 30 or 40, but he batted for some stupid amount and just really sort of held that top Indian order together as best he could. But on my... 12 months ago, that was a dust bowl, and yeah. then India comes over, and apparently now all the, all the grass managed to grow in that 12 months. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so there is history of it, but, you know, yeah, it's just a shame that they've now gone back to that. And I'll hold that if Australia ever does that sort of stuff, I'll still have the same attitude because it's I will be jumping up and down and screaming to the, to the rooftops because it's not going to be tolerated in Australia. It just wouldn't be tolerated. Oh, groundsmen, like <laughs> you try to tell one of the groundsmen, "Oh no, mate, this this is what we want you to do," and then say, "Mate, you see that gate over there? I'd be getting out of that real quick if I was you." Oh, that's oh, oh that's too many words. Uh, it'd be a bleep and an off after. Yeah. It, I think would be the response to pretty much. Uh, it just doesn't it. happen. The fact that they, I mean, I find it interesting that he he claims to have gone to the groundsmen themselves and said, I want you to do this. And they're perfectly happy to do it. I mean, it is really that, I don't know what the, what, what even what the word is, to describe to describe in, that attitude. Is it such a win-at-all-cost attitude that you're prepared to sacrifice everything it, that you... It's dishonourable is what it yeah. is. It's underhanded, it's dishonourable. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's it, it's happened to England before. Other teams have done that to them. Um, it just oh look, they do it to them every time they go to India. Yeah, and and they and the media over there jumps up and down about it. And yeah, you know, and and right, like I said, and rightly so. It's but it is what it is. We've gotten used to it. And I was just sort of hoping it would be sort of something that you could just stick in the subcontinent and leave it there. And other teams yeah. should be like, well, if India's going to do their thing, but well, let's just do everything else properly. Yeah. And it's it looks like now where, I mean, and. There have been some really good test matches over there, and England's playing some very good cricket. I don't need, yeah. like, before, before on a normal English conditions, with the two teams how they are at the moment, I would say that England are, are, are more than a fair chance of winning this series. Like, oh, for sure. They'd be, that, considering how bad they've been over the last, well, in the lead-up to McCullum and, and Stokes taking over, right. you would have thought, well, the next time Australia goes over there, they're going to absolutely trounce them. But well, the moment, we did, didn't we? The, after the, after that debacle when they come out here last time and they couldn't wait to get on the plane quick enough, I mean, I still remember that capitulation. After, after that series, if you went and played the following winter, played the, you would have been thinking Australia's going to do the same thing. They're going to go over there and win 3-1, 4-1 maybe. Yeah. England are good enough maybe get a game in their own conditions. And now you'd say probably moving forward that I would say with the way they're playing in, in on normal English conditions, you'd say that England maybe have their nose in front. Yeah. With the with the home home, well, home so ground too. advantage. It's be... gonna be interesting the makeup of their team. I, I really believe that to beat Australia, you have to have a bowler who's got some airspeed about him. Well, Archer's back now playing in the IPL, but I still think it's going to be a massive risk to him going well, straight into an Ashes campaign. I can't, I can't, I can't see him playing in the Ashes. To be quite honest with you, he's just been to wherever he went to Holland or somewhere to have, for surgery on his elbow again. It is no way known he's ready in a month. He looked sharp in the game that I watched, though. So yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I seen him in his first game back, and he looked horrible. Really? And then the next game, he came out. Honestly, I think tore it'll, up. it'll depend on what they how they value what's going on next because if they want him to play in the World Cup or they want to play him in the Ashes, I don't think he can do both. No. So if he doesn't play in the Ashes and they keep him for the World Cup, maybe that's what it is. But um, I yeah. think, well, I, I would be very sad if I was an English supporter if they're looking that way. If he if he has the option of doing one or the other. I'm not, I don't know necessarily if I'd be sad if I was an English supporter because he is a genuine, like, I think he's a bit overrated as a test bowler. Like, he's certainly quick. But he's had a bit of a run. And he, yeah, look, I think he's a tal- he's more of a talisman for them than, and he's, he's capable of that. He's a genuine spell. match winner in white ball cricket, but I don't think he's quite like. Obviously, injuries have played a massive, massive part in um, in Archer's shortcomings yeah. in the Test cricket over a long period. But uh, like he had that Ashes series, and he came out, and then he got found it really hard to get any wickets in a tour to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so and so, and just yeah, he's inconsistent. I think as a Test bowler, and that's never going to change until he actually gets to start playing more Test cricket. But I think he is a match, especially in Indian conditions. He could be a match winner for the World Cup. So you can yeah. see them going well. We've got bowlers that can do a similar job to Archer, maybe not 
genuine airspeed, but as effective in other ways well, in Test cricket. Certainly, Mark Wood, if he's fit and raring to go, he's going to be a trump card for them because he's got genuine airspeed. That boy, yeah, he's he's got serious wheels, and he's bowling particularly well as at the moment as well yeah. in the um in the yeah, IPL. Yeah, he hasn't yeah. been playing consistently. I actually he's... find that interesting because um, I watch a fair bit of the IPL, and Mark would never strike as struck me as a guy who would do particularly well there, just because he's too lengthy. He's like either full or he's short. But he's really adapted his game brilliantly. He's introduced a couple of slower balls, and he certainly got brings the heat. Yeah, he he him and probably Norkir are the two fastest bowlers running around at the moment. It would be my yeah, you wouldn't yeah. want to see an attack featuring both of them. <laughs> no, on a green top at the Gabba. <laughs> Maybe they'd be searching to see if Norkir's got any in the English heritage. Ah, uh, well, another World Eleven series that would yeah. be. And what a debacle that was! Okay, there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit of a bit of our rant at the moment. And I just, yeah, I don't like it. It just, England are a better side than needing to to pull these sort of stunts. And whether it's just them, you know, just throwing it out there just to see who bites, they're trolling a bit, or if it's actually a genuine attempt to to alter the playing conditions, that sort of level. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not really a fan of. Uh, yeah. Like oh, I can, it's, it, it shouldn't be a shock to anyone because I've been calling this out for a long, long time for when the Indians do it. So, and I'm a man of my word. Anyone who does it, it's not just because I don't like the fact that Indians do it. I don't like the fact that people do it. Well, like the Pakistanis done it to their detriment when we went over there because. Oh, I see. I think the Pakistanis are playing checkers while everyone else is playing chess. Pakistan's just putting out all these roads going. Oh man, everyone's just scoring all these runs, and you get guys like you know maybe Australia and England and all these guys going. You know what? Go over to Pakistan, absolutely fill our boots as batsmen. Yeah, we should do that. Absolutely go and fill our boots. You know, go and um, you know, pad some batting stats, get that average from the mid forties up, approaching fifty sort of yeah, thing. Chalk, chalk up on a you know end of the career. It says we've got you know fifteen away hundreds. We'll go and rattle off four in a tour because everything's all roads. And then just at one point they'll go. Bang, and they'll just be <laughs> live wire decks. You just get all these teams going, yep, cool, we're coming. We're coming yeah. over for a holiday. We're going to go out and have some batting practice. Uh, the bowlers are the bowlers sitting there going, no, we don't want to go. You can't make us. <laughs> uh, the batsmen are like, yeah, right, I'm going to get me some hundred. And then all of it, they come out and then, you know, Shaheen Shah Afridi and co just blow teams off the paddock on this absolute minefield of a pitch. They're like, ha-ha, we're back. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you're right. They, they <laughs> taking the jokes aside, but they have adopted those those wickets yeah, uh, well, to their detriment because they've just they've put up some absolutely appalling <laughs> surfaces. And, and the thing is, too, like their strength is their pace bowling, or it should be their strength when they're all fully fit. You know, they've got a very very strong pace attack. Yeah, and to put out some of those roads that they put out in Pakistan was just, you know. When when you can't take thirty wickets in a test match, let alone forty, there's something wrong with the pitch. Oh, yeah. and you, you shouldn't be able to go at what at seven and over for a day, a yeah. whole day. That's just. Well, I, I found I found that absolutely fascinating too because everybody talks about how England did. If you watch some of that, and I watched a fair bit of it. I don't think I've ever seen a more inept display of fast bowling from an international team than what was going on on that day. They did not have a clue of what to do, and they just kept doing the same thing. And like guys like Harry Brook, he, he just sits on the back foot and smashes you over the over the boundary. And that's what he did. No, I will give England their, their dues there. I mean, we went over there, faced similar conditions, and we scrapped and clawed and all that sort of stuff, and we managed to eke out a win out of three. And England found a way. And admittedly, the, the rate they scored at gave them more time in the game mm. to do things. But they went out and found a, a, a strategy that worked and got some some handy wins. So, so, I mean, this is a team that plays good quality cricket. Man. Mm. And I don't think they... they 
there are teams that's on the up. Like at the moment, the, the three best teams in the world, despite whatever the World Test Championship standings say, mm. are India, Australia, and England. Oh, for sure. And the, there's a gap to who's coming next. Yeah, like well, England have if stormed. you put any of those top three up against the guys who are underneath, you're going to back whoever's in that top three. Yeah, to, I think to... England are currently seventh in the standings because yeah. of just the, how poor their start to this cycle was. Yeah, but you know, I'm I for one, I'm happy that. Um, we started the cycle when we did, and England had that poor start because, as much as I'd like to beat the Poms, well, I'd, I'd one, they'd be... they had one win out of 11 in this cycle. Yeah. And what are uh, they now? There's like 13, it's like 13 or 14 and 11 or something that ended up. Yeah. So just didn't make enough points to. to oh, they, they were well and truly off the pace. They were out of, the, out of it pretty early on. But yeah. they, they were certainly, they're the form team coming home. They just, they left their run too late. Oh. Uh, they're going to be a very, very hard team. They'd be odds on, I would think, for the next cycle. Yeah. Uh, the way that they're playing, especially with the amount of cricket that they're playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'd be odds on for the, the next World Test Championship final yeah. if they keep playing the way that they're doing and their form holds. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. They've got some questions to answer about the about their lineup. Um, their openers are still not set. No, I'm I've got no problem with them picking. Um, what's his name? Young Crawley. Oh yeah, please pick him. Happy, and if he goes well, then good on him. But at yeah. the moment, you, you, you're gonna, licking your, you're licking your lips as an Aussie go, and yeah. you, you got to pick Crawley. Oh, Mitchell Stark's got his number. Okay, he's had his number for a couple of years now. Um, and he, do you know he averages less than thirty in first class cricket? Yeah, and he has for a while. They're yeah. just he just looks the goods. He looks like he should be able to play. It's like Butler. Yeah. They, they're two players that you're watching them bat and you're like, how are you guys sucking so much? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Crawley just seems to, yeah, if, like I watched him score a massive score against Pakistan and I'm sitting there sitting with Glenn at the time going, I hate to say it because I don't like giving English batsmen any juice, but I actually like watching this Crawley kid bat. He's, oh, he knows what he's doing. He's and exceptional then he just, through the offside. And then he couldn't score anything after that for ages. Yeah, he's an exceptional player when the ball is where he can caress it through the covers or play through point and stuff like that. He's pretty good off his pads in the short ball. He's got everything to suggest. Well, he's got that, enough there that you should yeah. be able to forge a – like Alistair Cook had, a what, a cover drive – and a glance off the hips, and then a, a pull, and that was it. Yeah, that was all he had. Yeah, um, for ages it yeah. was just like if he bowled it outside off, he put you through the covers. He bowled it short, he cut you or pull you, and that was basically all he had. And he blocked half volleys. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, he had had no drive. Yeah, no drive. <laughs> just, so. And he's one of the best, one of the highest scoring English players. Yeah. Like you, you don't need to be a three hundred and sixty degree player. You've got three zones. Yeah, like. Damien Martin scored what he scored, 7,000 runs, and he could only play it through point. Right. <laughs> Actually, an in, an, an interesting Steve person. Waugh had the slow sweep and the cut, and then he wore everything else on the chest. Yeah. <laughs> the best I ever seen at that, to be able to just play in the, into your zone, was a guy called Larry Gomes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was just a master of it. And like we in that batting lineup that the West Indies had at the time, the Greenwich, the Haynes, the Viv Richards, the Clive Lloyds and stuff like that. Larry Gomes was like this rock of stability. And he had free zones. He had a cut shot and a nick off his legs, and he wasn't bad at punching the ball through mid-wicket. Didn't play hook shots, didn't play anything like that, and was a, an excellent player and a real pain in the butt for most attacks because he just played into his own. He knew exactly where he wanted to hit the ball and if it wasn't there, he just didn't hit it there. That's it. And it, So Crawley's got certainly got enough tools that he should be a competent test batsman. You're looking at him going, how do you not have a better record? No. Um, so, and yeah, it's just one of those ones that you just, no. at the moment, you're sitting there going, oh, God, I let pick Crawley. Mm. It, it I could, think they're going it, to. It could be one of those ones where he gets it right and he makes us really regret talking him down. But at the moment, on paper, I'm taking thinking, my chances. I'd be taking my chances. That I'm prepared to say oh, I don't think he will have a good Ashes series because, particularly, who has a better Ashes, Dave Warner or Zach Crawley? Jeez, oh, probably Zach Crawley. Zach, <laughs> <laughs> we just spent the last ten minutes slagging him off, and you think Warner's going to go worse? I'm with you. I think he will have a better. I, Ashes I than just Warner. can't. I <laughs> but can't, I just think that's funny. Oh yeah, I hope they pick Crawley. But oh, he's going to go better than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't bring myself to you know. Like, oh, 
I can't say I ever ever really been a massive Dave Water fan. I've enjoyed his career and what he's done for Australia and everything like that. There's been a, a there's something about his persona that's never really sat great with me. But from a just a technical point of view, I would I love him. him. I'd love him to get one over, get a hundred over here. It'd be it'd be wonderful for him to do it. I don't see that he's equipped to do it. Well, if England decide to do their thing and make hard flat wickets with short boundaries, that's that's the you mo- never know. He might um he might have a lead. He might have a Steve Smith and rattle off a half, couple of hundreds and just go out. Yeah, see, I told you I could bat in England. It's like well, it's not yeah, te- and it's not technically England. And as soon as I had such a good Ashes series, I'm going to push on to the 2034 World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> get a couple of true testimonial years in before I go. Oh, no. No, I just, yeah, just technically he's all at sea. I can't see that the English bowlers aren't just thinking to myself, I'm just going to pitch around about your off stump and just nibble it away from you. Yeah, and that's what they all do. Broad's got to be sitting there thinking, yes, come on, Davey. No, no, Ben, do not make the wickets hard and flat. Don't you do it. <laughs> exactly. I can get another 25 wickets in this. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, the jury's still a little bit out on Ben Duckett as well. I think he's a pretty good player. Um, yet he's, had, he's got a very, very impressive county record this he, year. He's a very, very good player. There's no doubt about that. And he's he's a genuine 360-degree player. I, I, I'm I not sure that he is probably, if I was um, McCullum, he would be ahead of Crawley for me because he plays that that role yeah. that you want him, that aggressive up front, yeah. you know, punching the opposition in the face opener, and he's actually got some runs in the bank. Yeah, I, I would. And he has, he has a, um, he's got an interesting technique. You look at him and you think he's probably a little bit vulnerable, you know, in certain spots, but he's not. I, I, I've watched him bat a fair bit in those Pakistan Test matches, and he's just, mm-hmm. rock, he's rock solid, man. Yeah, he's a little bit funny to look at. I think it's his stance, but yeah, as far as technical technique wise, where his hands are, his eye position, everything about him is a, is a top quality opening batsman. I just. The real test is coming, but you know, I mean, this is the best pace trio in the world. I have no hesitation in saying that. You know, even allowing for Rabada and Norkia and stuff like that. If you had to pick three fast bowlers to be your attack at the moment, it'd be these three, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, so, well as a as a fast bowling unit. Yeah, as a fast bowling unit. That's what that, that that's the emphasis that we need to put on as a fast bowling unit because they complement each other so yeah. beautifully. I think individually there are better bowlers out there than than, than some. Yeah. But as a unit, so you've got to take the, which team has the best bowling. Yeah, I would think in general Australia's probably got the best fast bowling yeah. unit. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the rest of them, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Johnny Bairstow, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very, where they're going to, where they're going to, Fit him. Well, they're, they're talking about dropping Ben Folks and Bearstow taking the gloves, and I just think that's ludicrous. I really do. I mean, Ben Folks is, I would put him in, in certainly in the top three wicket keepers. He could potentially, potentially be someone that you may open with instead of Crawley, which I think is real with, you know, risk. Yeah. But um, it's not like he hasn't done it before, though. Yeah, and he's a one day opener as well. And if the yeah. mission is go out, see off the new ball, and then go hard, yeah, or go hard seeing off the new ball. I mean, there's no reason why Bearstow can't do yeah. that. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting coming up. We'll throw more questions will be answered uh, the closer we get to the Ashes. Yeah, um, pivoting. Uh, we'll talk about some stuff that's happening closer to home. So some wheelings and dealings, some player transfers in our um, domestic yes, ranks. It's, it's been a busy, um, silly season for the for the cricketers this year, hasn't it? Yeah. Some, some big names jumping ship and some big names coming home. And so uh, Cam Bancroft is on the move from the Scorchers. Uh, it hasn't settled where he's going yet, but it's looking like it's going to be um, potentially the Thunder, or I think it was Adelaide. Wow, was where he was heading. It could be right. Def Thunder was definitely one. I can't remember what the other one was, but he's 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 not going back to Perth. So no. that's um, hope the Thunder get him because he's he's shown that he's a very good T oh, Twenty player. I think he's actually and over the last couple of years he's really improved his game. He's, he's almost a three sixty degree player now. Yeah, but he's he's still got that. 
technique, that real poise about his batting at the moment. I think he's batted beautifully. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of how Bancroft's um, rallied. He had a, some lull after he, you know, the whole sandpaper gate thing and got back playing cricket. He went through this thing where he must have got caught about 10 times. Yeah, that leg gully. There's, a, there's actually a YouTube video of it. And then once he's gotten through that and he's just tweaked a few things and he's, he's just been scoring runs for fun everywhere. It's been yeah. it's been good to see. Uh, Zampa, who was captain of the Stars last year, yeah. is on the move. He's, he's been the renegade, traded to the Renegades. So yeah. that's um, that bit of crosstown rivalry happening there. He's taking any secrets from the? Well, not that, I don't not think the Stars. Yeah, I was going to say stars. Not, not that the Stars have got any real secrets to tell, have they? They haven't won anything yet. <laughs> uh, Jake Fraser McGurk, who's been uh, uh, touted as the next big thing in Victorian cricket, um, yeah. is. You'd say he's largely failed to deliver, but he's only 21, 22. Um, he's moving to South Australia to get a go, so um, that's going to be big for him. And it's good to see that these guys who are established names in the Big Bash, who play a lot of Big Bash cricket, are looking at a first class. And, and that's actually my next point, was Paddy Dooley is also then uh, now transitioned his... Um, Big Bash success. up a, a, a contract with Tasmania. Including a first-class gig, so he's looking yeah. to play Sheffield Shield. And I think my big criticism of the Big Bash over the last decade plus that it's been running is there isn't really any Australian, like entrenched Australian cricketers in the team that you would say were discovered through the Big Bash. The Big Bash hasn't developed any Australian cricketers no. to, to consistently represent at the national level. No. All the players, the big-name players that are currently in our T20 side were already strong like Australian representatives and consistent Australian representatives no. before making it. Glenn Maxwell, Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, yeah. all those guys. Steve Smith's never really been big in the Big Bash. They've all sort of, you know... They've all been those players and, and become those players independently of, of the, oh, big, the Big Bash. Big Bash. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd argue maybe Philippi. Philippi got a gig based off the Big Bash. Turner probably got a gig based off the Big Bash. McDermott probably got a gig based off the Big Bash. But none of these guys yeah, have but they're not made fixtures it, in the They haven't made it stick. Yeah. Um, but the surprising thing is that what's what's happening is these players that are having really good Big Bashes are actually then turning it into first-class first positions. So yeah. uh, Paddy Dooley was one. Jason Sanger is another one that went and had um, a, a great deal of success after his breakout year with the Thunder yeah. last season. Um, finished off his Sheffield Shield season strong. Um, Ollie Davies and Tanvir Sanger are other ones that have transitioned um, really it's strong. It's going to happen with those guys, but seeing that how poor New South Wales have been, they yeah. may be looking to, to spread their wings elsewhere. I would hope not. Well, I would think that you know they're they're going to be entrenched in that New South Wales side for a while. Uh, I mean, Tambi is saying it was injured for basically all of last season, so didn't really get much game time. Ollie Davies has only just managed to crack the New South Wales side, and to be honest, I don't necessarily think he's probably done enough to say I'm going to be picked every week. I'm going to go. Well, I'm not like I'm going to take my talents elsewhere because he's probably going to be in the same boat. He'd be a fringe. You know, a fringe first eleven what, guy. The, the Whereas people are offering you too. For New South it? Wales, he's probably walked himself into basically in their starting eleven for for most of next year. Jackson Bird is another one. He's actually left Tasmania to come back to New South Wales. Mm-hmm. They actually been a bit of a hiatus from from uh, Tasmania. Um, Peter Siddle's returned back to Victoria, and McDermott's gone. Ben McDermott's returned to Queensland. So. Yeah. There are some certainly some spots up for grabs down in the um, the Tassie changing rooms at the moment. Uh, look, I think Tasmania has sort of become a place where people go to resurrect their careers a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, Jake Weatherall's on the move down that way. To... Yeah. It, he's going to be one. I hope that it's not the case because he is one of the best ball strikers you're ever likely to see, but he just really hasn't kicked on at, yeah, uh, at either was, level. There was a point probably, what, three, four years ago where there was genuine talk about yeah. Could this guy eventually push for national honours? Yes. Um, especially in white ball cricket, and yeah. it just evaporated. Yeah, and he was making runs in Sheffield Shield as well. He made some big and quick hundreds in Sheffield Shield as well, but it's just sort of, yeah, it's like he's lost how lost the idea of how to bat, essentially. So change is as good as a holiday, they say, so hopefully heading down to the uh, the Apple Isle. Will, um... Isn't it interesting how, how cricketers and sportsmen in general get into that Groove where they're used to the environment and it doesn't actually yeah, do to, them any good to their to detriment. Be there, yeah. To their detriment. You know? it's, a, it's that that coin flip though because you say that stability is and consistency is like 
is what essential to, to success. Yeah. But then you also worry about getting stale as well. So um, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I, I really like Jake Weatherall's game. I hope he, he finds uh, what he's looking for down in Tasmania and gets himself back on the board. I think it time's probably passed him by, in all honesty, to make yeah. future honours. But he's still relatively young. He's only, yeah. what, he's late, mid to late 20s, so he's probably not necessarily out of the picture. But um, No, well, we some... keep picking 35-year-olds for our T20 team, so, I mean, he's got to have some sort of hope, doesn't he? Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's pleasant to see that the Big Bash is furthering the cause of some of these young guys to come and play proper cricket, which yeah. is long-form cricket. And how many, how many guys have, you know, gone and done... Decent big bashes, which is then translated into them getting first class gigs yeah. for their well, um for well, their yeah. state side. Well, Josh Phillips is probably the, the best example. I mean, he's now pretty much in that Western Australian middle order. Yeah, he's, he's the first choice in there, and he was not getting a game at all. Which I mean, no. which is not a not a a big deal when you're playing for WA because that team is loaded with talent, yeah. has a few strong years for the Sydney Sixers, and all of a sudden has then yeah. forced himself back into the the Marsh Cup and Sheffield Shield sides, and yeah. he's looking to be one of the the better young batsmen going around at the moment in all three formats. Yeah, I mean these guys got time on their side as well, which is, which is encouraging. I mean, probably out of that that group that's moved around, Ben McDermott would be the one who really, really needs to make a, a well, big impression. I, I think, and I've said it for a while, that I think that Ben McDermott is an all three format player for Australia. Yeah. He could do that. He is good enough to do that. But he's never quite managed to just no. stick the landing. It's always been, you know, strong showing and then it all falls down, and then strong showing and it all falls down. So no. maybe getting back back up to Queensland, playing in a very good Queensland side alongside, you know, Marnus Labashane, Usman Kawaja. No. Um, and you've got to think that, you know, potentially these guys are going to be spending a lot of time playing um, for Australia. So, and then Matt Renshaw, again, another guy who's probably going to spend a lot of time on Australian tours. You know, ben McDermott could become the guy in that lineup, which could be kind of kind of good for him playing up in those. It's sort of... what he it's what he needs to do. He really needs to go back to Queensland and say, "Look, this is what I've learned. Now I'm here to be the man." Because, like you said, you take Labuschagne, you take um, Kawajiri out of that Queensland batting lineup, you're gutting it essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the two linchpins, and I know they've got other good players there. You know, you've got Jimmy Pearsons and and guys Bryce like Street, Bryce and... Streets who are making runs. But yeah, um, this is a big opportunity for Ben McDermott, and he really needs to take it. Yeah, because I, I just don't see where he fits in at the moment in the in the T Twenty setup for Australia. Um, well, he, arguably, he should probably take Finch's spot. But at the moment, you'd say in the short term, that's probably going to be Steve Smith with what yeah. he showed in the Big Bash, yeah. at least heading into the, the, the 2024 World Cup. Yeah. But post that, you'd imagine that you'd probably be wanting to move on from that. McDermott's probably then getting into his late 20s, early 30s by that point. So still plenty of cricket under his belt, but that'd yeah. be you know, what he wants. He wants to pounce on that. Well, David Warner's also about to fall out of that side of the oh, ball. So let's hope so. So there's two opening positions coming up. So McDermott, you would think, has got to be keeping himself, the runs flowing and being that next guy up. Because yeah. at the moment, you'd have to say that based on what Smith showed, you have Warner and Smith opening the batting with Marsh at three for your, yeah. next, your next T20 side. That would make the most Yeah, that's going to make the most sense, yeah. Um, so, but then... Yeah, they're not going to play for too much longer, especially if Smith harbors any thoughts on prolonging his test career. No. You'd imagine he'd probably give up at least T20 cricket. Um, Warner has already said that he's probably going to give the game away after the T the the 2024 T20 World Cup. So there's two opening spots, and McDermott has been one of our better domestic openers in the short form. So, yeah. what about guys like um? Where do we see the future for guys like an Ashton Turner and stuff like that? So we've segued off to the T20. I honestly think that um, Ashton Turner uh, could potentially be a guy coming that middle order, that sort of sixth spot, and maybe even captain side. I think we, I think we brought that up after Finch yeah. brought it up. I don't think for mine that Tim David has locked himself into that national side. He's oh, not far I, away. Yeah, it's I like the door's yeah. closed, but it's not locked. Yeah. Um, and when you're looking for a, a leader in that side... Maybe Is someone place like for both of them. Mate, well, I think not while Maxwell's in the team. I don't think. I think you could then because well, Maxwell the bats. Thing is, I, I can how see, low do you want to go with? Well, your, I'm batting Maxwell at four. 
I mean, so you got your, you've got whoever you have to open, and you got Marsh at three, you Maxwell at four, because I think four is actually an ideal position for him to take. Yeah, points. true. So then you've got five, six, and then oh, yeah. your wicket keeper. So, yeah, there's there's a, there's a spot there, I think, for both of them. But they both need. I mean, well, David, you think, you you think the green, David Green probably they'd be looking to put Green into that um, um, that spot yeah. somewhere in there as well. So if, I, I would personally have Green higher than Maxwell just to give him because Maxwell, you know, can if we're go, gonna if we're gonna pick Green in that team, you know, it's an awesome looking top top four, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like say you went, and with, then you have Maxwell. Turner and a wicket keeper, or Maxwell. Maxwell at five, Turner, David at six, depending on who you go, and then your wicket keeper at seven. But you know, Maxwell's not that far away from yeah. being aged out as well, so there could be some room then for. But see, Turner's not young either, so no. I think if you if you're looking for someone who could lead the team for the the medium term, so getting into this World Cup campaign, maybe no. it's a case that you know um, that uh, Tim David may find himself in and out of games and you go with Maxwell and, and Turner if that's the way they're looking. But, um, yeah, I, I think Turner's national quality. He's shown that over the last few years. He's definitely got a great cricketing brain. He's really good under pressure. He's you know he's won plenty of tournaments now with the Scorchers. I, I think that's something that seriously needs to be considered is him getting put into this side. Yeah, it's I, just, I, I um, could easily find a spot for him somewhere in that top six. I, I really, really like what he's done in the last couple It's whether or not maybe you, you potentially – give Green a spell from the T20 side and he goes into there. So, you know, Maxwell at four, Turner at five. Um, I don't think we David need to be – we don't really need to be rushing Green around doing – you know, he's playing two out of the three formats. I'll be quite happy with whichever two – I mean, obviously test matches, but whichever the two limited overs ones you want to you want him to specialise in. My big question is who's the wicket keeper? Who are we going to That's go? going to be interesting, isn't it? Well, because that could very much determine – the batting lineup because a lot of the wicket keepers, you know, McDermott, yeah, Philippe, yeah. those guys, they're typically players that bat at the top, and that's been our big issue with picking those guys. Is we yeah. they've always bat at the top, but we've got our openers set, so we then try and shoehorn these openers in yeah. to the middle order, and it's never really worked, which is why their careers have been so stop start. So Matthew Wade was that guy. Yeah, but from what about what about a guy like a Jimmy Pearson? Potentially, um, he certainly bats well in T Twenty. He's got all the shots. He's an accomplished wicket keeper, man. He's one of the best wicket keepers we've got going around in his country at the moment. Yeah, yeah that, that's certainly it's not a silly option. Um, it's probably not as credentialed as some of his other. But again, they're guys that play largely higher up the order, so it's man, um, that's what I'm thinking because he doesn't necessarily like. It could he, be he bats does, five does or Kerry, six. Does Kerry get a recall just on the basis that he's a bit of a lefty? That chain gives us a bit of a. You know, we've got a lot of right-handers in that. You know, yeah. Warner's a lefty, but then you've got, you know, we're assuming that it'll be Smith. So Smith, Marsh, Maxwell, you know, Turner, David, Green, Stoinis, those sort of guys all sort of prying for middle-order spots. They're all righties. Are we um, excluding Travis Head from ever playing 220s? No, no. I would have Travis. I wouldn't have any problems opening with Travis no, Head. No, I've got right. But, um, I think it's a really, really good option for Travis Head. Yeah. In the limited overs games, he's got to bat at the top of the order. Yep. You know, even in the 50-over games, he bats at the top of the order and just does Travis head things. That's Keeping it. in mind, he didn't do a good job in the Big Bash when they did that with him, and he ruined my super coach team quite a lot. Yeah, I'm well, very stop, talk, stop talking through your points balance, mate. <laughs> I can't talk because I had him too. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – yeah. Uh, it, yeah, straying back, you know, wandering back off the garden path, back on what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's been some some player changes, hoping to reinvigorate a few careers and and get some started. In the case of Fraser McGurk, and I suppose my, my point is that while I've much maligned the Big Bash for not producing consistent national team players, it's good to see that what it is happening is some of these young guys are getting further opportunities domestically based off. No. Um, off Big Bash form, which I suppose is, is endearing me to the, the product a little bit because I've never really been a big fan. And they've outright said they've got no interest in developing players. They're there to put on a show. That's what they're for. No. They want to put on the best show possible. And I think that's a, a tactical misstep because India India have become a, a, a white ball powerhouse and just this printing press of players largely based off what it, they do with the IPL. Isn't it amazing? And you, every every year you, you turn on the IPL and there's some new or like several new Did Indian players. Did you see players. the, is it, is it Jaisawal, the, the yeah, Rajasthan Jaisawal, Royal yeah. opener who's 
He yeah. lasted that hundred. <laughs> yeah. He got undone actually by a, a forty-four off nothing innings from um, from Tim David to lose yeah. the game, but he batted superbly for yeah. that hundred. And the, the thing I love about these Indian players when they come into the IPL, you can see, man, these guys are ready to play. When they come into playing cricket, debuting for India, they're showing no fear. But it's like, oh, we're facing. You know, Jason Berendorf or Riley Meredith or, you know, or Kagiza Rabada. So I faced flog, before. I flogged him two months ago in the IPL. I don't, exactly. I'm not worried about Kagiza Rabada or I'm not worried about, you know, Mark Wood. I'm not worried about Adil Rashid. I've, like, I've seen these guys. So they're, they're, they're playing international standard. Like, and honestly, there's a lot of cases where, like, without being disrespectful, what do you think would be a better quality match to watch? Uh, Rajasthan versus Mumbai or Ireland versus Zimbabwe? In a oh. T20. Oh, there's no, there's no question about that. The IPL is the absolute pinnacle of T20 cricket. So the IP- and, and I, I hate to say it, but it is a better standard of cricket generally, game to game, than what a World Cup is. And that's yeah. That's so once something. you once you get to the eliminate, like the semi-finals, it's definitely tipped the other way. But yeah. for the average one, like you know. Netherlands oh, versus Namibia and those yeah. sort of those qualifiers. Yeah, the IPL is definitely a better standard of cricket. So these Indians are coming out playing that, and then they come out and play you know, international cricket, they're, and they're and they're, they're battle hard and they're ready. And what gets me about them all is you look at the batsmen who come through. Probably um, Yadav Shrivakuma, that Yadav Sky, he the except the outlier because he has quite an unorthodox technique, but they are all beautifully technical. Technical players, man, and but just have the range of shots. But you look at them, their stance, the way they present themselves to the ball, the way they score their runs. They are they produce really, really good first class cricketers over there who come in and play really good T Twenty cricket. I think absolutely there is room for the Big Bash to be a you know premier entertainment product, which it wants yeah. to be, and also develop. Yeah. Young cricketers. It has to be that way. Don't they? I, I'm like I don't follow it enough. I only watch because it's on such a really rubbish time for, yeah. for me to watch. But don't they have a rule that you have to have an X amount of players under twenty three on the roster or something like yeah. that? Yeah, so, they have they have they have stages in their roster. Okay, and there's guys who are in the roster but not in the squad. Okay, who they can call up at any time, but they have to replace a player. So, say for argument's sake. Um, David Willey's gone home and he's been replaced by another by another player. They can go and get one of their players out of the squad, or they don't have to. They have X amount of players as development players in yeah. their squad, and it's all in their in their salary cap or whatever, how much ever money they have to spend. They have to spend X amount of money on developing under twenty three players to come yeah. into to play. And just... they they send them all. They all go and play first class cricket all season. You know, and they play 20 or 30 first-class games in a season because they play three-day games or something over there, you know, and they have a long season and they're battle-hardened, like you said, man. They come in and they're ready to go. It just it just makes too much sense, apparently, for our board to to think like that. Just... We've given up on the Australian Cricket Board or a Cricket Australia. Like the, the fact that not long ago when Greg Chappell came out and said, you know, if our young players played more Australia A games, they would be more ready to play international cricket when it's time for their name to be called. We all went, holy crap, that is amazing. That's genius level thinking. And everyone's like going, well, yeah. yeah. You mean when they go and play more games against international standard opposition, they'll be better against international standard opposition is, yeah, that's that's pretty standard thinking, right? But the Cricket Australia is like, man, that Greg Chappell is such a cricketing genius. He's an oracle. Like, just, and it shouldn't need it to be spelled <laughs> and, out like and that. Just, and just to, take, just to take the put a little bit further, then we send these guys off on these Australia A tours and then don't pick them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about that last yeah, week, didn't we? we? Talked, yeah, we talked about that uh, last week. Yeah, last week, week before. Um, yeah, it's just it makes too much sense. But it look at, at least domestically, things are ticking along. That there are players, if very if it's not through you know if it's not being done intentionally, at least advantage is being taken of the spotlight being shown on them in yeah. in uh, white ball in the the big bash league to be able to further their their cricket in other formats. So it is encouraging to see, especially Paddy Dooley. I think he's going to be. 
Um, and, and could honestly, if if they get their their marketing right, you could market that better. Like remember Paddy Dooley, that guy that you all spun out about because he's got the wacky technique. He's played for Tasmania now. Come watch some Sheffield Shield games, but no one no one does any effort to actually market any long form cricket in Australia. Yeah, well we we've had this conversation in various forms over a long time. We should be in charge of Cricket Australia. Oh, we'd send them broke. <laughs> <laughs> we'd spend all the money to yes. make it, to make it better. And it's like, right, so we've spent all this money to make it better. Are we better yet? Uh, no, we're actually closing. <laughs> what do you mean closing? Uh, we're out of money. You yeah. spent it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we probably wouldn't quite be that radical, but... Um, there are there are cost effective steps they could make yeah. to just make it. Don't even get us started about just bringing ad campaigns. Like, yeah. don't do even... you know I watch KO and there are breaks in KO where it says "Stand by, we're on a commercial break," and it's like yeah. forty five seconds of the KO logo, and it's like, well, put an ad on, yeah. like. I know, what are I you find, doing? I find that quite extraordinary, actually. I was watching... You are owned by Fox Sports. Just show an ad for something else that's going to be on later. Yeah. Like, especially when it's like the cricket, like getting ready at the tea break or something like that or the change yeah. of innings for well, the Big Bash. And it's like, advertise another Big Bash game in this 30 They do it, do it during the strategic timeout in the IPL. It goes to the two minutes on the screen and then the KO logo comes up. You don't even need to... Like, you don't even need to, like, sell advertising time. Put your own product in that spot. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Do something. Just do something. Anything. Oh, I just... Just... <laughs> it's it's easier than we're making it. <laughs> we're getting tired and emotional, folks, you might have noticed. We've both been up very early this morning. Oh, it's just annoying. Like, the amount of opportunities that go begging to, to advertise other aspects, especially of cricket in Australia, because no one, we never see any advertisement for the Marsh Cup. You never see any advertisement for Sheffield Shield. No. And there's just, like, that there is the perfectly, just like, could you imagine... They think that these things just exist in a vacuum. Yeah. They do. They seem to think, oh, we'll just put the Marsh Cup on the Sheffield Shield on, on and that's all good. And they'll just they'll just thrive forever and it'll be like this beautiful little garden and produce all these wonderful cricketers for us and we'll continue to be one of the best teams in the world. No. Spend some money on some development and get some people – get some – just put Get some, some ads in there going like Kawaja you you know Kawaja and 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 Labuschagne return to Queensland to take on New South Wales at Allen Border Oval. That's why. And like and just you know amp it up. That's the thing that people remember most about World Series cricket, besides the fact that it was great cricket, was the ads. Yeah, they, it was like nothing that ever like that had ever been seen before. You marketed that you marketed the plays that were. Household names. It, it God makes, forbid. You look at you look at American sports. Oh, it's just and, ridiculous. And just, it's never you know the Celtics versus the Lakers. It's no. like, it's LeBron versus Kevin Durant. Yeah. LeBron's Lakers take on Kevin Durant's Suns, and it's like oh, so they're bigger than their team that they. And that's that's just what it is. That's. You know, you know, it's the Tom Brady, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City. Like it's yeah. like it's all they're, yeah. like they know what sells. Yeah. Like the, you, you want to see Tom Brady because Tom Brady is the goat. Tom Brady is now playing. In, you know, it doesn't matter who's playing. Tom Brady is playing. Come on, watch Tom Brady. They just they know they shove the big names down your throat and you will go and watch it. And we don't even. We, we don't even ask you to say ah, like we're just we're not interested in you putting anything yeah. in there. We just we just get our cricketers to do stupid. It's like ah, a, a linter energy commercial. It's, it's not pajama cricket played. Uh, it's not it's not the big bash. We don't care. We're not yeah. going to advertise it. Why put something on? You never know. You might get more than fifteen people rock up to a shield <laughs> game if you actually ran some ads for it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we fall further into the wonderland that is our just warped cricketing brains at the moment. Um, we'll bring this episode to a close with a bit of a teaser for our, our next one. So this is episode 149. So uh, as you know, we try to do the milestones. So the next one's going to be 150. So we're hoping to have some uh, guests to come back and we'll be doing celebrating our 150th episode. I believe as you're bringing up your half century yeah, as well. So we're going to raise the bat and acknowledge the great crowd that supported me all the way through. Um, and so uh, 
Amongst other things, what we'll be doing is we'll be uh, uh, coming up with some of our favourite 150 years. Yes, and, and this has actually been researched, folks. I've been looking at this for a little while. Yes, and, yes. And we do need to clarify this part. Are we saying that it's 100 Between 150 and, and 200. 200. Yeah. Cool. So 194 from Sangakaru falls into... The, yeah. Do we just need to clarify that? <laughs> because that's there. Yeah. And that's so the amongst some other things, we'll, you know, we'll yeah. explore how we've gone in the past and all that sort of stuff we do. But, yeah, that's going to be our 150th episode. And 151, we'll be back to our um, our tour around the world for our best uh, one-day 11s. And uh, I let uh, I let, let you pick one. I let Glenn pick the other one. So now I'm picking the one we're going to do next, and we're going to do South Africa. Yeah. The, bro- the, the perennial one-day international bridesmaids yes. that always manage to seem to just stuff it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was... Uh, I didn't want to go chokers, but yes, <laughs> the, 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 they've, they've got that label, the chokers. So we're going to look at the the best South African one-day international team. And as you know, there are stacks of stacks of good cricketers. They, can, they can have 11 all-rounders. <laughs> Absolutely no issues putting what you know, Callis and Klusner and yeah. all these other guys all in there. All these other guys in there, Pollock and... Pollock. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Davilia's bold. He's taken some World Cup wickets. He's technically an all-rounder, right? Yeah, and he's a wicket keeper too. <laughs> um, so yeah, South Africa is going to be our next one-day international side. So I hope you're looking forward to that one. So yeah, 150 will be our next episode. 151, our back to our one-day international world tour. So until then, uh, thank you for listening tonight, and uh, bye for now. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.